bringing you the latest in tax credit news. This is Tax Credit Tuesday with your host, Michael Novogratik. Hello, I'm Michael Novogratik, and this is Tax Credit Tuesday. This is our Tuesday, May 4th, 2021 podcast. On today's podcast, we're going to look forward to the next New Market Tax Credit application round, and we're going to discuss specific actionable steps that community development entities or CDEs should be taking now to prepare for the next round. We're also going to discuss what existing or startup businesses in need of New Market Tax Credit subsidized financing should be doing now as well to increase their chances of receiving financing from CDEs. Now, this podcast is a companion to my column in the May issue of the Novograd Journal of Tax Credit that was published this week. My column provides a tip sheet for steps that community development entities and potential borrowers or investees should be taking now to prepare for the upcoming round. I will tweet out a link to that article and include it in today's show notes. Now, to discuss this topic, I'm very pleased that joining me today are two experts on the new market tax allocation application process. They're my partners, Brad Elphick and Rebecca Darling. They're both partners in our Atlanta office. Brad, you may recall, was on the podcast about six weeks ago talk about the New Market Tax Credit Equity Market. Brad is the head of the New Market Tax Credit Working Group and is the chairman of our fall New Markets Tax Credit Conference. Rebecca has experience in a range of tax incentives, but the New Markets Tax Credit and the application process in particular is a specific area of focus. She too is very involved in the New Markets Tax Credit Working Group, and Rebecca is a frequent contributor to the Novograd Journal of Tax Credits. Both Brad and Rebecca assist community development entities with reviewing and preparing their allocation applications. Both will also host panels at the Novogratic 2021 New Market Tax Credits Virtual Conference in June. I'll share more about that a bit later. Now, as many of you likely know, the New Market Tax Credit was renewed for five additional rounds of allocations at $5 billion per year. This renewal occurred last December, and we are currently awaiting the announcement of the 2020 allocation round, the awards announcement that is, which is also for $5 billion in allocation authority. That announcement is expected sometime this summer, so there's obviously a lot of anticipation around that right now. However, as I wrote in my Journal of Tax Credit column, CDEs should already be looking ahead to the next application round, the calendar year 2021 application round, which we expect will open shortly after the announcement of the 2020 allocation round awards. CDEs and potential business borrowers or investees need to begin planning now for the next round because new market tester applications aren't simple. There are many things you can be doing now to increase your likelihood of winning an award in the next round. Brad and Rebecca are here to talk about some of those things you can be doing now and that I discussed in my column. Now, I will break the discussion into three key parts. First, we're going to talk about where we are right now with some informed speculation on exactly when we should expect the 2020 allocations to be announced and when we should expect the 2021 application period to open. Then we're going to discuss key things that CDE should be addressing now and the implications of ignoring those steps. Then finally, we will discuss what businesses in need of subsidized new market tax credit financing should be doing now to prepare for the upcoming 2021 application round. Now, this is always a popular topic on our podcast, and both Brad and Rebecca have a lot to share. So if you're ready, let's get started. So Brad and Rebecca, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Mike. It's great to be back with you again. Great to have you back. So I'll start with you, Brad, by asking an important question. Uh, we're going to spend most of today's podcast talking about preparing to apply for the calendar year 2021 application round. But uh, as I noted in the intro, we still haven't heard, uh, we still don't know who the calendar year 2020 awardees are. When are you expecting or guessing as to when those awards would be announced? 
Well, I liked how you framed it before that this is going to be informed speculation. Unfortunately, uh, the CFI fund doesn't have a calendar necessarily that will inform us of when to expect a specific date for the award announcements. And so what I've typically done in these situations is I've I've tracked the timing of each different part of the application and award announcement timeline and throughout the years. And so I, I wanted to share with our audience a little bit of that information to come to my uh, informed speculation. So for historical reference, the 2019 awards were announced July 15, 2020. And for the past three rounds, that's 2017, 2018, and 2019, the average number of days between the application's due date and then the subsequent award announcement has been around 278 days. However, I will point out that the award announcement for the 2018 round took about 337 days, while the 2019 round was only 261 days. So there can be some wide disparities from round to round that are often impacted by what's going on internally uh, from a more global perspective at the CFI fund. It's important to note that the CFI fund currently states and have publicly stated as well on their website that awards will be announced in the summer of this year. And while seasons are nice to, to have as future dates for awards, there's a large time period. And I actually looked it up. It's June 20th through September 22nd. So we could expect awards uh, anytime uh, between those dates. So we believe that the CDFI fund is already currently in phase two of its review process, as we have clients that have received inquiries from the CDFI fund. And this typically occurs in that second phase. And also the CDFI fund released updated instructions for interim certifications that would apply to CDEs that needed to meet their QEI or Kuliki issuance deadline of January 15th. If we take all this into account and apply the average of the last three rounds, let's say, of 278 days, we could probably expect an award announcement around the middle of August, which falls comfortably within the summer timeframe that the CDFI fund has outlined. I think this is probably as good of a guess as, as any. Each year is different. Each round is different. But with all of the new stimulus money and programs that the CFI fund is managing, I would be happily surprised if they were able to make an award announcement sooner than the middle of August. Yeah, I would agree with you, Brad. My initial guess right now is August, but I like that we look at all the math, we look at all the logic, and we try to use that to guess. But new markets, we have a pretty strong rumor mill, and people start calling, and be like, I think I heard June, and we'll be like, I did not hear June. But here's what I will say. For the last two years, the CDFI fund has made a major announcement while I have been on vacation. So I think they may have my vacation calendar. So in 2018, they made the award announcements while I was on vacation. And then last year, the application opened. So I'm just putting it out there. Week of July 12th, I'm going to the beach. So I have a feeling that if awards come out that week, I think a lot of people are going to have opinions on when I go on vacation. Uh, maybe what would be maybe more convenient for uh, everybody as far as when awards come out and the application opens. Great. Thank you for that uh, speculation. So let's... Let's go with uh, your uh, middle of August, even though I would like the uh, I like the July, the early July yeah. <laughs> uh, time frame better. But if we start with the uh, if we assume sort of the middle of August uh, speculation, 
when would we think the application round, uh, which you know once again seems uh, interesting to be thinking about now, but we really do have to be planning now, as we'll discuss more later. When would you think the application round for the next five billion of uh, allocation authority would open? Well, I think this is where things get a little interesting and may actually impact my middle of August guess uh, regarding the award announcement for the 2020 round. The notice of allocation availability or NOAA, which is generally considered the opening of a round was issued on September 22nd. This was 69 days from the prior round's award announcement. That was the quickest opening of a round following an award announcement since 2014 when the CFI fund opened the uh, the 11th round 61 days after award announcements. And the average for the last three rounds, similar to the average that we used uh, for uh, the award announcements, is closer to about 116 days. So, uh, Mike, as you said, is if we assume that my uh, award announcement of date of, of mid-August is close and the CDFI fund can essentially accomplish the same turnaround and timing as last year of about 69 days, that would put the 2021 round opening toward the end of October. But I will point out that this worries me in terms of timing, uh, because if the round opens this late, we could see a due date in late December. Typically, a round is open for about 55 days. And so if the next round opens in toward the end of October, we, we would look at a late December due date. This is why I wanted to caveat my guess about the award announcement date, since a late December due date seems less than ideal for the CFI fund as well as applicants with the number of holidays between October and December. So if the CDFI fund can make award announcements as quickly as they did in 2018, for example, this would push forward all of my guesses over a month. And if that was the case, I would guess a mid-September round opening with a mid November due date, similar to the last round. I obviously have a lot of data. I'm kind of pulling all of this from. And the only thing that's really clear from all of this is that it is an informed speculation. Um, I do want to address one issue about why I spend all of this time trying to guess when the awards will be announced or the next round will open. And I think it's important to any entity, any CDE, any applicant considering applying in the next round for calendar year 2021. In the last days of 2020, the CFI fund published a notice and request for public comment on the new market tax credit application. In that template that the CFI fund submitted for public comment, they proposed a change to the eligibility requirements. In prior rounds, the CFI fund allowed you to have your CDE certified by a certain date after the NOAA was published. This was helpful because you didn't know when a NOAA was going to be published and the next round was going to open. And as an eligibility requirement, you do have to be a certified CDE. So they were allowing you some time once that NOAA was published to get your CDE certified. In the 2021 template, they proposed that a CDE would have to be certified before the NOAA was published. And if their proposed change remains in this 2021 application, only applicants that are already certified by the time the NOAA is published will be considered eligible. And this is critical because we don't know when the NOAA is going to be published. So since we don't know, my kind of my biggest takeaway from all of my guesswork and the fact that there's a good chance that requirement to be certified as a CDE will remain in the next application, even though the new market tax credit working group recommended that they don't do that. I think it's important for applicants to go ahead and get your CDE certified now and not wait 
because if you wait and we don't know when the NOAA is going to be released, it may be too late. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Brad. And I think it's also just helpful to remember that the 2021 application is in draft form. So the Novogratic New Markets Tax Credit Working Group did send in a letter with a handful of different suggestions, including that this requirement should be removed. But I think it's just important to be familiar with what the prior application looked like, as well as what some of these proposed changes are, um, because we don't know what that final 2021 application will look like yet. And, And I will also add that we will have a CFI fund panel at our June uh, New Market Tax Credit virtual conference in which we will have a panel full of members of the CDFI fund. And inevitably, this will be one of the questions posed to them about the timing of the 2020 awards and the 2021 round opening. And so we hope that the CDFI fund may be able to provide a little bit clearer picture rather than using seasons. Very good. Thank you uh, both for that. So that's great insight in terms of what the time frame is looking like in the coming months. And I certainly can tell, Brad, that you've given a lot of thought to it. <laughs> and you've demonstrated your tendency to uh, act and think like an accountant with all the calculations. So I certainly appreciate all of that. Uh, it's very helpful framework or framing, if you will, of what we're going to talk about uh, more today, which is what CDEs and potential businesses uh, often we refer to them as colicbees for the act qualified active loan community business from the statute. Uh, what they should be doing now to improve their chances of success in the 2021 application round. I'd like to start with CDEs. And a bit later, we'll talk about the businesses themselves that are in need of subsidized new market tax credit financing. But in my column, I did highlight four major steps on a checklist, each with multiple items uh, within it. Uh, The first step was to confirm eligibility for an award. uh, And there, you know, I incorporated uh, your observation that you should apply now to be a CDE, given that uh, statement that's in the uh, draft uh, application. A second is to build a strong team. You know, a critical step is having a strong team. Third item in the checklist is to build a pipeline of borrowers. And that's something where the businesses themselves uh, have a role to play. And the fourth item is to, you know, sort of practice sound lending and investing strategies. Now, as I said, there are multiple items under each of these. But uh, Rebecca, maybe we could start by looking at worst case scenarios. And when I say that, if you could share with our listeners some of the implications uh, to a CDE, if they don't actually go through uh, these four items to ensure that they uh, you know, are moving forward with each of them, with each of those steps. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think the worst case scenario is you spend a lot of time and energy on an application that simply isn't going to be competitive enough uh, to secure allocation. And I think it's easy to do that if you start skipping some of these steps or just simply not taking advantage of the time that we have right now to be addressing some of these items you mentioned um, in the journal, but you know, that we talk about. Constantly. So if you're thinking about being a CDE, apply now. You aren't forced into applying every round. So you can go through the process now. And if you're not ready to apply for allocation later this year, that's okay. You can wait for another round. Um, But I think there's easy things that you can get stuck on right now that are 
a lot harder to address later on when you don't have time on your side. One thing that I think is really important to look at are the threshold requirements. So when I talk about threshold, there's qualified equity investments, which are QEIs, and Qualikis, which are qualified low-income community investments. And so in the past, there was a QEI requirement, a deployment requirement for any prior round allocatee. And so there were various percentages in place. And so you needed to make sure you were meeting those threshold requirements in order to be eligible for the next round. However, in the 2020 application round, that guidance was changed. And so now there are QEI and Qualiki threshold requirements. So simply deploying Qualikis will not be sufficient. And so I think it's really important right now to, to take a step back, uh, look at your cumulative deployment. You can look back at the prior NOAA and determine if you think um, you're going to have an issue or not, because you've got a, a while to be able to address that. I think another great thing to think about, especially this year, is material events. There's a material events form. It's on the CDFI funds website. You can find it through our website. And they updated that form this January. And so certainly the last year or so has been um, very impactful for a lot of organizations, businesses and CDEs alike. And so I think it's important to just take a quick review of the material events form. And if there is something that's significant that's happened to your organization that meets one of those criteria, you need to go ahead and get that in because that's certainly something that you don't want to be in a hindrance later. And so I think that's something that you can do right now that's easy. And the last thing that I'm going to hone in on so much, and it's what I talk to my clients about every single time we talk, the application is pipeline. Your pipeline is absolutely critical to a successful application. And so your pipeline is fluid. If you submitted an application in the last round or even maybe the round before, you need to take a look at it. Have you been staying in contact with those potential borrowers or investees? Perhaps some of those investment opportunities are are no longer viable. Maybe they were already funded. New opportunities are, are coming available. And it's important to take a look at that. And one thing that I like to look at with my clients is what is the composition of your pipeline? Have you made a commitment? Perhaps you made a rural commitment, but right now you don't have any rural investment opportunities in your pipeline. Now's a great time to go ahead and start working through that. Or perhaps you've made a commitment in the past to serving various underserved states, which can change round to round, but you don't have those locations right now. Lots of things like that could be looked at right now, having some really good strategy discussions uh, so that you can avoid kind of frantically finding investment opportunities later, which maybe aren't going to fit quite as well in your business strategy section of the application as well as throughout the application. And one other thing just to touch on, you mentioned the management team, Mike, and I think that's something really important to be considering. There have been a lot of changes, especially over the last year. Maybe team members have moved to to different parts of an organization or they've left an organization. And so, you may be feeling like you've got some holes on your team and you need some help or you aren't quite sure what you need to be doing. And so that's something where if you need some extra assistance getting that application together, maybe 
we've only been helping you review it. Now you really need some handholding. Brad and I have worked together for a really long time now. I don't know if he would call me bossy, but I like to be a taskmaster. I like to keep things very organized and you need someone in your application process that's going to do that. So I think that's a really important thing of, of looking at your team members. What do you need to do? You know, there's things like your certification and assurances section from the application. It's been a while since the application was submitted back in November, go ahead and send that to your legal team. Have them take a look, check that off your list, and then you can just update it one more time. Are there other individuals within your organization that you get track record information or other information from? Go ahead and just check in. Make sure you've got your current contact list in place and give them a heads up about what you're going to be asking for and and when you're going to be needing it just so that you're set for success. Yeah, I think that that those are all great points, Rebecca. And, and ultimately, I think the theme here is that applicants that plan and start the application process early, often before the prior rounds awards are announced, like now, will have the greatest chance for success. I can guarantee you those that are six uh, perennial winners uh, of allocation, they are already starting. We've already been helping some clients review their prior uh, applications in anticipation of how are they going to tweak uh, the application for the 2021 round? So I think starting early is not a is not a bad thing here in, in this process, and it's definitely not a process that you can procrastinate. And uh, if, if you were one of those that likes to cram for an exam the night before, this isn't one, really one of those situations where you can do that here, just because of the amount of information and data and detail uh, that is required for these applications. You, you really will benefit if you start early. I'd also add to that, Brad, as I know that you and Rebecca and Bob Ibanez uh, as well, uh, you know, have, you know, the issue of only so much time in a day. <laughs> so it's also critical that uh, future applicants line up their uh, advisors uh, as early as possible uh, to ensure that they're setting aside the time uh, for the application when they're ready for any reviews that we're going to be doing. I but think Brad, let me ask great... you another question. Uh, if a CDE called you today and they said they wanted to apply for a 2021 application or an allocation, I should say, uh, they want to submit an application, uh, what would you say they should emphasize first? Where would you advise that they start? Sure. Well, and we've kind of touched on some of these. But before you get too far down the road, you obviously want to ensure that you would meet all of the different eligibility requirements. Uh, so as we've mentioned, becoming a certified CDE, uh, having the ability to uh, answer the and check off the certifications and assurances. Uh, if you have prior awards, ensure that you've met the uh, requirements of your previous allocation agreements. All of these different things impact your eligibility. And the last thing that you really want to do is put all this effort into business strategy and community outcomes and such to only find out too too far down the road that there's something that's going to prevent you from being eligible. So if we assume that all of that has been determined, I think understanding the application is critical. The application is a very long document, has I think over 50 questions, and each one of those plays an important part, has an important part in the scoring 
that you will receive for your application and and understand how you're going to fit your CDE and its mission and its business strategy into this application. I, I've talked to clients over the years uh, that wanted to submit an application and we would spend a good amount of time up front discussing, okay, what is uh, the, who is going to be the controlling entity if you're going to have one? What is their track record? What does your proposed pipeline look like? What kind of community outcomes could we expect from that pipeline? Who's on your team, your management team? And what is their track record? Understanding each one of those, we've been able to help our clients figure out, okay, maybe we change the business strategy to align better with your track record and use new market tax credits to expand what you have a good track record of doing. We've also seen clients that have really good ideas, but their track record is not very long or doesn't match up with the uh, information that the CDFI fund is requesting. And they've had to make the decision that maybe becoming an allocatee uh, isn't isn't the best path for them and that there are other places within the new market tax credit program that they can participate. And so ultimately, our goal is to put together the best um, fit for your organization into the application. And then finally, the last thing I would emphasize is, is building a strong team. Uh, this is internally and externally. I have worked with clients over the years who have come to me and said they want to submit an application team. And the person I'm talking to is all on board and, and looking forward to it and ready to dive in. But as we work through the, through the application and are trying to gather data and so forth, come to find out that the rest of the organization isn't really uh, there to support this effort uh, to the extent that is needed. And so making sure internally at all the different levels and from all the different parts of your organization that you'll need to obtain data from, understand what the goals are, understand what the timing looks like, and being able to provide that in a clear and concise way will really help your chances of being successful. And then also, I, I obviously, uh, as a service provider, believe that you need to supplement your internal team with a strong external team. Uh, you know, I'd recommend a new market tax credit legal counsel, uh, an accountant, possibly a consultant. And you know, each one of these can help be part of the team. And also, you can reflect it in your application. And their track record and their experience will give your management capacity and your management team portions of, of your application a much stronger showing. Right. Thank you for that, Brad. Something tells me you might know of an accountant and consultant that uh, some of our listeners could reach out to. I do. Uh, I'll give you my information at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> and Rebecca's and Bob Ibanez and a few other. Uh, but Rebecca, maybe you could discuss briefly. We have a lot we want to cover here, but if you could briefly discuss the interrelationship of pipeline, uh, you know, issuance of QEIs and funding of uh, investments, along with an applicant's overall business strategy and how they all flow together and interrelate uh, in an application. Sure, absolutely. I think it is so key every single round that an applicant needs to take a step back and think about themselves as an organization and what is their mission. And I think over the years, organizations evolve. And especially over the last year, a lot of the organizations have perhaps changed the way they're focusing some of their investing. Maybe they're going to focus on a certain 
uh, area or community or a type of business or type of borrower. And it's important to think about those things right now. Really make sure you have a strong understanding of what your mission will be going forward and then be able to look at the application because that mission is throughout the entire application. It speaks to the projects that you include in your pipeline. It speaks to so many different components of the application that when you're working on the application, you tend to look at a lot of the individual responses, but you also need the time to take a step back and look at entire sections at a time, the entire application at one time. Because I think in those moments, you can find opportunities to strengthen your application by making some stronger connections. Um, But I, I would expect to see a lot of changes to CDE's applications in this round with just changes that they've made over the last year. So thank you for that as well. And we also you know, have noted the importance of uh, building your team, but I don't uh, want to spend too much more time on that just because we have a lot still to cover <laughs> uh, on the podcast, because there's a lot we could talk about in terms of building teams. Um, and obviously, as we discussed already, the importance of ensure that you're in compliance with all the requirements to receive an allocation. And I would definitely recommend to listeners that they read the column for the four key areas, as well as reaching out to both Brad and Rebecca for more information on that. And I'll, I will provide, as Brad noted, we'll provide the email addresses later in the podcast. But I wanted to move away from the CDE and the CDE uh, application. Actually, before I move away from the CDE, maybe one last comment here would be, Brad, if a CDE is considering a new market tax application for the first time, maybe you could describe how Novogratz can help. And then I have a couple of other actually CDE-related questions. And then I want to move into businesses and what businesses can be doing now. So businesses that are listening, we'll get to you in a moment. But uh, I do think it'd probably be useful if Brad discussed what, if you're a CDE considering a first-time entity's application, how Novogratz can help. Sure. And, and I, I think that CDEs that are wanting to submit their first application, or even those that have submitted applications on their own in the past, but have been unsuccessful, we've been helping clients with applications since the first one was issued. And I had to, can't believe it's been that long, but it was June 5th, 2002, when the first application round was open. And so we in, in that time, nearly 20 years, we've seen so many different changes within the new market tax credit program and how it's implemented, but also within the application process. And I think understanding where things are now with the current application will help you spend your time and energy in the right areas. Fortunately, the application hasn't changed substantially in the last couple of rounds. There's been tweaks and updates and maybe some additional data uh, related to different things. Uh, but it, overall, it, it's, it's remained fairly stable, which allows us really to uh, help our clients understand uh, what the process is and what we can expect. And also, having worked on so many of these and seen ones that are successful and ones that don't get allocation, just having a general sense for what works and what doesn't work. You know, I'm not going to belabor it, planning and starting earlier, two things that will help 
help you if, if you're submitting uh, an application for the first time. I think the other there's a couple other aspects of your application that we can help with uh, and have helped clients with uh, every application round is figuring out and determining the track record that needs to be reported, uh, developing business strategy, as Rebecca mentioned, making sure it's clear and concise and consistent throughout. And I think these two things are critical to the ultimate success of an application because statistics show that first-time applicants don't have the greatest success rate. And so I think it just emphasizes even more so the need to build that strong team to help you put together that first application. Don't assume this is like any other uh, applications, especially grant applications you may have submitted. We've seen CD spend over 500 hours on their application. So it's not something that you can pull together the week before the deadline, as I mentioned. And so by helping you with your the strategy and the writing and reviewing, we feel like that helps free up some of your time to focus on developing your pipeline and finding the projects that will really make your application uh, stick out and, and be one that the CDFI fund essentially says, we can't not fund this allocation, this applicant. And so one, one other area I wanted to mention too is related to community outcomes. Community outcomes is a very important part of the application. And part of the information that's required for that is a discussion about, okay, what kind of community outcomes are going to be driven by these investments? And how did you determine uh, those numbers? And so we can help with that uh, from our valuation group that does implant studies and other uh, economic development uh, reporting. And so if you're looking to try to get information that really can be supported by other data, those are other reports that we can also provide to you. So start early, build your team, develop a strategy that fits the application and then find your pipeline. Well, thank you for that, Brad. Because when I think of new market tax credit sort of allocation applicants or allocation uh, no applicants, I think of three categories. Those that have never applied before, you know, those that have applied and not won. And you've done a good job of discussing, you know, the services that we can provide and some of the key parts for an Indian that's never applied before and one that's applied but not uh, been successful. And obviously we can add a lot of value there. But then there's also those uh, CDs that have applied before and won. Uh, and they might figure they've you know, found the right sauce and uh, don't need as much uh, external assistance. Rebecca, I was wondering if maybe you could you know, share some of the assistance we provide to those that have uh, applied before and been successful uh, and how you know, we can work with them to ensure they continue to be successful. Of course, absolutely. So I think one mistake that a successful CDE can make is saying, all right, this application was successful. I'm only going to make the minor changes that I need to make from the last year. You know, I'm going to update my track record. I'm going to update my pipeline. But the CDFI fund clearly liked this application. So I'm not really going to change that much else. And the problem that you run into is there's always minor changes to the application. And with this new application template that was released for public comment, there, there are maybe a bit larger changes as well. And so, 
really reading through the application and seeing what changes need to be made is absolutely critical because I think the reviewers can tell when the application hasn't really been freshened up. And I think that's the scary part because what if you're changing something they love and you don't want to ruin the great parts? But that's what's important about having multiple people reviewing your application internally and externally to identify those little areas that you can be constantly improving because every single point counts and you want to make sure that you're continuing to stay in the winner circle. And so that's what I would recommend is, is taking a look back. It doesn't matter if your application was successful or not. I feel like everybody by the end of the day says, I wish I could have made a slight improvement to this, or I wish I could have made the argument about my third-party metrics a little bit stronger. Now's a great time to be taking a look at those and, and seeing maybe how we could be helping to, to take a further deep dive into some of those items. I was just going to add that over the years, we have seen the application process become very competitive. And we've started seeing the uh, the scoring likely be a lot more compacted than it was before. And so as Rebecca mentioned, each point or each portion of a point, it could be the difference between being in the winner circle and, and, and being left out. And, and so that really just, I think, highlights the fact that you can't ever really rest on your laurels in, in, in this uh, application process. And it, it's been proven because not everyone that has won an award has won a subsequent award in, in, in a following round. And so um, there's definitely an ability to, you know, be good. Your application is good enough one year. And then because of kind of the rising tide, uh, it may be, it may fall out in the next year if you don't address some of these and, and, and take another look at the application. I think, I think that's, that's the critical point, uh, Brad, is that you have a rising tide. So, you know, what is good enough in one year on the margin isn't going to be good enough in the following year. So it, it is important that existing applicants, uh, those existing awardees, uh, successful awardees continue to look at their application and try to improve them so they can remain competitive. But I wanted to switch. I know you're going to try to interject there, Rebecca, but I wanted to just switch to uh, the businesses themselves. You know, the, you know, we've highlighted the ways our CD listeners can help their next application by doing work early. Now let's look at the businesses uh, that are in need of the financing to make their businesses financially viable. And they want to get a new market tax credit subsidized loan or equity investment from a CDE. So Rebecca, if I'm one of these potential you know, business owners, you know, either I have an existing business that looks to expand or I have a community development project I'm looking to start, uh, I'm putting together a plan. When should I, as this potential business, be reaching out to CDEs, you know, time-wise? I think a lot of these businesses think they should wait to apply. And obviously, it's important to apply earlier. So maybe you could share your thoughts to give these potential businesses an idea as to when they should begin discussing their financing needs with a CDE. Sure. So my first suggestion is do not wait until you are ready to close your transaction to start looking for CDEs because that can be a very long process. Part of it is the fact that you know we talked about how competitive the allocation application process is. And the same is true for the 
projects. There are so many fantastic projects out there that you really want to make sure you're setting yourself up for success to stand out with CDEs. And CDEs have been working on their pipeline. How many times have we talked about pipeline today? How CDEs should be constantly working on developing and improving their pipeline. And so what I like to suggest to potential businesses that are looking at new markets is a a couple things. First thing, let's get familiar with some of the terminology that is specific to new markets, because I think it really helps when you know the questions that CDEs are going to be asking and you already have your answers ready to go. Let's look at your project itself. Let's think about what community outcomes will be generated. I think it's hard to know some of the answers when you're not quite sure how that question is structured in perhaps a new markets application and what the CDEs specifically are looking for. And so we need to spend some time compiling that information, really getting it into a focused, maybe one or two page document to be able to share with CDEs. And I think that's really critical. I would also say, as far as timing goes, I would be thinking perhaps 12 to 24 months. And I say that because CDEs are constantly working on their pipelines. So it's great if you can get in a CDE's application and then just be constantly touching base with them. And I would also say, be honest with what your timeline really looks like. Don't tell a CDE, oh yeah, I can close in six months when you're really 12 to 18 months out. Be honest so they can say, all right, that's fine. I'm going to move you out of this bucket to to this next bucket because I'm focusing on what I'm going to deploy in the next six months. So that's fine. Just be honest. I think CDEs really appreciate that. Also, don't wait until the award announcements come on to start making relationships with CDEs because I can promise you their phones are ringing off the hook and you're you're another Qualic B. And so I think these relationships take time to build. Don't make one best friend with a CDE. It is totally acceptable to be a social butterfly. Make as many connections with CDEs that you can because that will only increase your chances of securing an allocation and bringing your project to fruition. And one suggestion that I would like to make is I think there are only so many great networking opportunities to be able to connect with CDEs. So obviously, you could be doing a lot of research online, but we've got our spring new markets conference coming up in June. And I think now's a great time to get your information together and you can connect with CDEs at our conference and be able to start building that relationship and sharing information about your project. Yeah, and I, I, I completely agree with that, Rebecca. And, and I'll just say one thing that if you've ever talked to me about this subject, I, I say often is that speaking the new market tax credit language is important. You have a limited amount of bandwidth by the CDEs to review projects. And so being able to use the proper language and, and provide the proper information will just give you that much more of a chance of them including your project in their pipeline. And that's where really... Because as project sponsors or business owners aren't doing new market tax credit projects every day, this may be their first and only only new market tax credit financing. 
my experience is that they typically don't know the lingo lingo and 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 frankly they get overwhelmed by it and that's where i really like being able to help our clients that are project sponsors or operating businesses is to kind of get them to a point where they can feel much more comfortable and knowledgeable about uh, what everyone's talking about and what information everyone needs from them but ultimately cdes want to hear from you so you know a good project is a good project let me uh, actually follow up with Rebecca on that, Brad, because you talked about, you know, businesses learning the lingo and the rest. And one of those words, one of those acronyms is QALICBI, Qualified Active long term Community Business. So obviously, not all businesses are going to be eligible for new market tax financing. So maybe, Rebecca, you could share a little bit in terms of how we help potential businesses, you know, determine whether they qualify uh, as a QALICBI or steps they could take to qualify as a QALICBI. And otherwise, you know, make their particular or help them represent their business in the best possible light to a CDE. Yeah, no, I think that's so important because I think when you're looking at a, a financing gap and you've heard a little bit about new markets, you don't know if you're really going to fit in within the structure of new markets. What I do think is fantastic about this incentive is that it's so flexible. There are so many different types of investment opportunities, types of projects that you can really get a lot done. But there are some prohibited businesses. And so I think it's important to think about what exactly is your project. We need to spend some time talking it out. What are the details? Plus, where is it located? Because you can go onto our website and map your project and see where it's located. And just simply being in a low-income community is not going to be typically competitive enough. We need to look at all the different highly sought after criteria. Perhaps it's non-metro. Are you in an opportunity zone? There's a whole handful of different criteria. We need to look and see where do you fit. And to be honest, look at your possible project and tell you whether or not we think we can get there. And what areas do we maybe foresee as issues that we can start considering? Um, you know, so I think that's really helpful given the so many new markets, qualic bees, this might be their only investment. And so there's a large learning curve. And I think it takes some time up front to make sure that you're not going to spend a lot of time calling CDEs on something that isn't going to make sense for them. We can help hopefully overcome some of those hurdles. Thank you with that, Rebecca. I mean, I would say sort of in short, we can help ensure that you are a qualified active loan community business, or you can become one through taking the right uh, steps. And then within that, and as you pointed out, isn't sufficient. You then have to be one that is you know, serving deeper distress and the like. And we can help identify that as well. And, and once you do those, those items, then you're going to end up being much more attractive to uh, CDEs for which you're seeking financing. Absolutely. This has been a great podcast. And uh, unfortunately, we're uh, running short on time. So we're supposed to always keep you know your audience wanting more, Brad. So I, I'm not quite sure what you're going to say, but uh, any listener that wants to find out can email you. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, I would and, like to uh, encourage everyone to also consider becoming members of the New Market Task Credit Working Group. That's a great way to stay current uh, on uh, where things are. We have monthly calls where we discuss the administration of the new market tax credit uh, incentive by the CDFI fund, as well as 
uh, developments from the IRS and legislatively. I also wanted to let our listeners know that we do have, we've made reference to our spring New Market Tax Credit Virtual Conference. That's June 10th and 11th. Uh, and there we will have an NNC Basics that Rebecca is going to be leading. So we encourage you to register early for that uh, virtual conference. We also will have an application webinar on the next allocation round once the application is released. But as Brad mentioned, you need to do all these preparatory steps now to ensure that you're going to be in a position uh, to apply. And I know that our, many of our listeners are going to want to reach out to both you, Brad, and Rebecca. So Brad's email address for our listeners is brad.elphick at novaco.com, B-R-A-D dot E-L-P-H-I-C-K at novaco.com. And then Rebecca is rebecca.darling at novaco.com, R-E-B-E-C-C-A dot E-A-R-L-I-N-G at novaco.com. Or if you just put Rebecca Darling Novogratic Google in Google or Brad Elphick in Google at Novogratic, you'll, you'll probably uh, get to them. So with that, I wanted to thank both Brad, you and Rebecca for coming on the podcast today. I uh, apologize for being a little hurried here at the end, but we cover a lot of great material uh, and you share a lot of great information for both CDEs and businesses seeking subsidized new market tax credit financing. Uh, and I will have the email addresses in today's show notes as well. So you, you won't even need to Google them if you just go to uh, uh, our show notes. And the show notes will also include a link to my column in the Novogratz Journal of Tax Credits. I encourage you to review that checklist. Uh, if you're a CDE thinking of uh, applying in the next round, and start down the path of completing the checklist. Uh, you can also register, as I said already, please register now for the Spring New Market Tax Credit Virtual Conference. Uh, thinking of next week, I want to make sure that you tune into next week's episode where I'm going to be speaking with my partner, Tom Bosha, about the state of the historic tax credit equity market, including a look at how the COVID-19 pandemic and economic recession affected the equity market. There is a bit of a new market tax credit tie-in in in that there are many historic tax credit transactions that also receive uh, some level of new market tax credit equity assistance. Now, Tom will also provide a look at the effect of recent regulations uh, affecting the historic tax credit, as well as pending legislation uh, from Congress as part of the infrastructure bill. And he'll discuss the Historic Tax Credit Growth and Opportunity Act that was introduced in Congress last month in the House. We expect it to be a very informative session podcast on the historic tax credit. And as I say every week, you can be sure that you're notified as soon as a given episode and future episodes are available by subscribing to the Tax Credit Tuesday podcast. You can go to www.novaco.com slash podcast to subscribe and to stream the show directly on our website. And you can also subscribe to Tax Credit Tuesday on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Radio Public. That's it for now. I'm Michael Novogratik. Thanks for listening. This weekly podcast has been brought to you by Novogratik and Company, LLP. Archived podcasts are available online at www.novaco.com forward slash podcast or by subscribing to the Tax Credit Tuesday podcast in iTunes. You can find related links referenced in this podcast in our show notes at www.novaco.com forward slash podcast. Novogratik and Company LLP is a national certified public accounting and consulting firm with offices nationwide. Learn more about our professional services at www.novaco.com.